Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. Our theme verse today comes from 1 John 3.18. That text says, Little children, let us not love with war with tongue, but in deed and truth. In today's episode, I'm going to define what real biblical love is and what it is not. Such a clarification is necessary because many Christians may have their conception of love informed by sources other than the real Bible. You see, there is a fake Bible floating around, and many believers get their conception of what love is from the fake Bible. The fake Bible is not the real Bible, but many people think the verses in the fake Bible are actually in the real Bible. Verses in the fake Bible say things like, forgive and forget, or God helps those who help themselves. In the fake Bible, love is defined inwardly as an intense emotional experience and outwardly as pleasure in its object. This version of love usually seeks what is the most comfortable and is passive in that people fall into it. This definition is diametrically opposed to how the real Bible defines love, and in 1 John 3.18, the apostle of love, the apostle John, he fine-tunes the definition of love for us. So what is real biblical love? The best plain language definition I have ever heard was from the preacher Vodi Bauchum. I do not remember when I heard him say this, but when he did, the word stuck to my brain. He defines biblical love this way. A purposeful act of the will that may involve emotion that operates for the long-term spiritual benefit of its object. One more time. Real biblical love is a purposeful act of the will that may involve emotion that operates for the long-term spiritual benefit of its object. Now we will see how this definition neatly aligns with what the Bible says. Again, in 1 John 3.18, it says, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. John begins by saying little children. The Greek root of this phrase is not literally referring to three and five-year-olds. Rather, it is a term of endearment used by the apostle to his spiritual children of all ages. The implication of calling the readers little children is that they are still immature and need to learn and grow. Specifically, they have to grow in knowledge of the faith and better comprehend what love really is. John then first tells us how not to love. He says, let us not love with word or with tongue. Contextually, what the apostle is saying here is, let us not practice, let us not express, let us not prove our warm regard for one another by just communicating it or saying it. John explains that merely saying I love you is not love at all. Instead, real biblical love is connected to what you do. This is why the very next thing the text says is that we ought to love in deeds. Love means taking action. It means doing something for a reason, and that doing proves the love is real. This is why I can never say something like, I love my wife, and then never show it in deeds. My actions are empty because the words that preceded were empty and meaningless. If a person truly holds onto something in their heart, they will not just talk about it, their behavior will show it. Hence, real biblical love involves action, and anyone who acts must first decide to act. This is why we can define real biblical love as a purposeful act of the will. 
But it must be mentioned that action by itself is neither righteous nor sinful. What makes the difference is how the action of love is applied and directed. John therefore finishes the verse by saying, Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. This tells us something critically important, that what distinguishes real biblical love from other conceptions of love is that it is love in truth. A love that acts in truth has a certain truthful quality or flavor to it. Truth is dependable because what is true remains so forever. So what is truth? God is truth. John 14, 16, 16, 13. God's word is truth. Psalm 119, 160, John 17, 17, 2 Timothy 2, 15. God's word tells us that the truth of the gospel will stand forever and that ultimately everyone will have one of two fates, either spending forever with God or spending forever without God. Real love therefore means, for anyone whom you truly hold dear, you do not want them to spend eternity without God. You do not want them to spend forever in torment. So what do you do? You act in love to tell those whom you do love about the truth that stands forever. Real biblical love therefore acts for the long-term spiritual benefit of others. Real biblical love does not act for short-term benefits because those do not last and tomorrow is not guaranteed. Real biblical love seeks the best long-term benefit for its object because long-term benefits always fare better. Why? Because they last a long time. And let us not forget that real biblical love always acts for long-term spiritual benefits. Natural benefits serve their purpose here and now, but they too will not last. If you truly love someone, then why would you ultimately act for them to secure natural benefits, knowing no matter how much they secure, it will profit them nothing in eternity? If you were to act not for someone's long-term spiritual benefit, then what you are doing is demonstrating deficient love. In fact, if a person ever were to love someone else by satisfying a short-term need without a focus on long-term spiritual benefits, that's not actually love at all. That's hatred in disguise. Truth is something objective outside a person. Love can only exist between people. Therefore, biblical love is an application of God's truth. Without God's truth, no one would know how to really love. So real biblical love is a purposeful act of the will that operates for the long-term spiritual benefit of its object. The final part of the definition that we have not discussed is that love may involve emotion, but it does not have to. You see, love that is demonstrated in truth means love that is always predicated on God's unchanging character and word. God's truth is reliable and is unchanging. But what does change? Our feelings. Our emotions are not dependable because they fluctuate. If our love was dependent on feelings, we may love on Monday and hate on Tuesday. Human beings are fickle creatures, and if love was based on emotion, we would get the opposite of what 1 Corinthians 13 says. We would have an unpredictable emotional love that does not bear all things, that is not patient, that is not kind, that is jealous, and that is easily provoked. 
All of this is not to suggest that a real biblical love cannot involve emotion. It just points the reality that human emotions are not causal in how we love. At the end of the day, we are still fallen people living in a fallen world. Our emotions are fallen, and if we take our marching orders based upon what we feel in the flesh, we would live a life not of love, but of sin. Now that we have a concrete idea of what real biblical love is, let's provide an example. 1 Corinthians 13 is famously called the love chapter. There, the Apostle Paul explains to the church at Corinth what love is. In 1 Corinthians 13.6, Paul writes, Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Now, what does Paul mean when he says that love does not rejoice in unrighteousness? Well, 1 Corinthians 5 gives us some context. There, we learn that one man in the church was sleeping with his father's wife, but he was arrogant and unrepentant in his immorality. And how does the Apostle Paul respond? In love. How does he do that? He sends this man out from the church. 1 Corinthians 5.5 says, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Paul says, I have decided, meaning an act of the will. He takes action to do what? To deliver this man over so that his flesh may be destroyed. In other words, Paul was saying that he was handing this man over to endure suffering out of the fellowship of the church. But why was Paul doing that? The last part of the verse tells us, So that the man's spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Paul looked beyond the present all the way to the end. His hope was not to crush or to destroy this man. His hope was that this man would come to delight in the precious treasure of the Lord Jesus Christ. His hope was that even if this man suffered a severe short-term setback, like humiliation, embarrassment, and severance from the church, Paul's hope had this man's long-term spiritual benefit in mind. Even more, Paul had skin in the game as well, because undoubtedly there would be those in the church that would ridicule him for such tough love. I'm sure the Apostle Paul did not win the vote for most like church member that week when he sent a letter telling the Corinthians to kick this man out. In 1 Corinthians 5.2, Paul suggests that mourning over such sinful people is godly, but although in mourning and cognizant that acting with purpose would be unpopular, Paul did not allow emotions to cripple his actions. Instead, he pursued God's truth, God's righteousness, and God's moral purity. What Paul realized is that what did not matter was his standing with the crowd. What did matter was the man standing with God. The point I am making here is quite simple. Demonstrating real biblical love can hurt, and it can often hurt you just as well. This is why you cannot purposely act based on feelings. It must be a purposeful act of the will, knowing that love can lead you into some tough situations that fake love would never stand a chance in. God is the one who makes crystal clear what real love is based upon what He did in salvation. God needed nothing and He abhorred sin, meaning there was nothing about our sin that made God feel warm and fuzzy. Yet, God is the one who took the first step toward us out of love in order to save us. Real biblical love means you are always willing to take the first sacrificial step.
Our Savior on the cross is the timeless example of what God did in order to demonstrate the love that He has for His children. He did that for us, not for us to gain our best life now, but for us to glorify Him in the eternal kingdom of God. Jesus is the prime example of what real biblical love is. God so loved the world that He gave His Son, and the Son came to save sinners. This helps to explain why, before telling us how to love, the Apostle John explains what Christ did first. 1 John 3.16 says, We love by this, that He, that Christ Jesus, laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.